Welcome to Pushing Through. I'm Tate Frazier, and as always, I'm joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And today we have a very special guest, a man who covers the Houston Rockets, a beat reporter for the Houston Chronicle. His name is Jonathan Fagan. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. And I have one question for you. Houston, do we have a problem? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you actually went that to that, huh? Yeah, that to that. I just had to go there, John. You know, that, that, that's all it was. It was too easy. Yeah, that's the word for it. Um, well, they are. I mean, they lost in the second round in five games. Mm. They have a core of players who almost all are in their 30s. Uh, they have a lack of first-round picks down the road. Uh, so, And one of their great assets, or two of the great assets, really, since the season ended, uh, Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni have left. Mm. So... Uh, you know, whether that is a problem to overcome, certainly it's going to be a challenge if they're going to maintain winning a championship as their goal, as their expectation. But uh, even if that's not the case, they got some very, uh, they have great challenges for Tillman Fertitta and Raphael Stone to face in the coming years. Mm. You know, Jonathan, before we get back uh, talking basketball, just with heavy hearts here, um, before this happened, uh, when I asked you to, would you kind enough to come on the podcast? You know, BJ Johnson, um, mm. who's been a friend for 25, 30 years, I've known, and just condolences to him, to his family, to the Rockets, and everyone who's known him. He's just a very, very special person, always had a smile, always had a kind word to say, and um, just, uh, it's just very tough. Um, for all of us who knew BJ and, and know what he meant to the basketball community, just a just a very, very special uh, person and human being. Yeah, that's well put. Um, you know, in talking to his wife, Claudette, last night, uh, really just an hour or two after we learned of his, his passing, I thought she put it great, where she said he never met a stranger. And she did say you couldn't shut him up, <laughs> you know, which I thought <laughs> for her to be able to joke uh, right at that time, uh, you know. But BJ, I, I never saw a time that he wasn't upbeat. You know, That's he right. He was just always, always upbeat. Uh, and he made you. I tweeted this. He made you feel good when he was around, yeah. which makes it even more devastating that he won't be again. Um, yeah. Just uh, really. The Rockets are brokenhearted, but as you put it, the whole basketball community yes. had a tremendous loss. He always mm -hmm. had a crying word, and I can I can hear his voice. Every time I'd see him, I always knew what he was going to say. I'm the real VJ. He would always say that to me. Yeah, every, every, he would always say that to me, and uh, no matter where we were at, he was he was going to he was going to scream that to me, and uh, just wanted to to say that, and uh, he will be dearly missed. But um, Getting back to the to the basketball, um, with everything that's going on down there, and where does this leave the franchise now in the sense, is this a franchise that is still playing or still view themselves with the expectation to win a championship? Or has things changed considerably since now their leadership, in a sense, has will be different from uh, will be different this upcoming year as compared to years past. Well, I think, I mean, this sounds like a cop-out answer, but to a degree that's to be seen because we have a whole off season to go. And in their case, that includes finding a new coach. 
they can't consider themselves consenders right now. When you lose in five games in the second round and there was a 20-point deficit in three of the four losses, you're, you're not a contender right there with the team that beat you. I, they, they obviously don't – the cupboard's not empty. You've got two former MVPs who are still in their prime, the latter half of their prime, but mm-hmm. they're, they're still – you know, all-star players. Uh, James Harden is still an MVP finalist every year. So that they have things to work with. And they, it's an advantage in some ways that their core is entirely signed. Almost every guy, and depending on player options, every guy, except for Jeff Green, that actually played, is under contract. Mm-hmm. So they have things for Rafael to work with. But they have work to do, and they don't have a lot of assets to really make this kind of significant move to move back into that contender status. So, you know, we have to see, can they augment what they have? Can, can, and what is the vision of the coach that they choose? Can they give him the parts he needs for his vision, the way they thought they did, the way they intended to do for Mike D'Antoni? We'll, we'll have to see how this offseason plays out. Right, and, and, and Jonathan, I couple questions here um one how should we remember daryl in this time the team that he put together i mean he was clearly at the forefront of this analytics and and what he was doing in a very unusual way and you know and he's gotten so much credit for his thinking of how to build a team how should we really remember daryl moray during this time in the houston rockets as a general manager I think as we get more years removed from the disappointment of not taking those final steps, because the Rockets didn't just fail to reach the finals or win a championship. They first built fans' hopes up and then disappointed them. It was, you know, a lot of teams, most teams don't win a championship. The Rockets would only do that after leading their fans and themselves to think that they would. And so right now there's some scar tissue building up. But as, over the years, as that scar tissue really develops, I think there'll be a greater appreciation for mm-hmm. In his tenure, they had the second best record in the NBA behind only the Spurs during his 13 years. He has the fifth best record of any general manager ever uh, with more than a thousand games. And they did go for it. They, they were team, you know, hiring him in the first place, Leslie Alexander making what was then a shocking and controversial move to hire him was about going for it, trying to be different, willing to gamble in a league. You know, all professional sports are a bit copycat. Uh, They didn't want to do that. They wanted to find a way to be different, and they were willing to gamble on that. Uh, In the end, you know, they went all in for this year, and if you go all in and lose, you get up and leave the table, and he did. Uh, But that's what it is now. I think in the future years, we'll think more of the successes that they had, understanding that failing to win a championship isn't a mark that removes everything else. We don't think that of the great players who didn't win championships. Mm -hmm. I don't think over the years we will over an executive. And then the willingness to dare greatly, make the giant trade to try a system or a style or or, a rotation on the floor that was different from other teams. I think those will be, and then his influence that there's not a team in the league now that doesn't have a a much bigger analytics department than anybody did before Daryl Morey 
was hired 14 years ago. That, that's the way it is throughout the league. And there's, four, there's five former Daryl assistants who are now running their own departments around the league. So he had great influence and he had a lot of success. But now you can't help but look at what they didn't achieve because they themselves said that was their goal, that was their aspiration. Quick break to get away from our sponsor, NHTSA. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't. Ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. That's right, over a mile. By that time, it's too late and the result is potentially deadly crash. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way and you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Back to pushing through. Mm. And, and you talked about the changes there. I mean, Mike D'Antoni and Maury, you know, created Maury Ball. So we knew a style of play with the Houston Rockets. We knew who they were, the identity with James Harden, with D'Antoni. And obviously, even as they kind of filtered through Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook, we still knew what they would look like. Do you do you sense that there will be an identity shift for the Rockets overall? I mean, or will there still be remnants of Daryl Maury and Maury Ball still there with the way that James Harden will play? Or is it all dependent on the coach? Because, you know, we've heard about John Lucas or a JVG or whoever it might be, but will the identity seem to shift? Will that be that point now? I wouldn't think identity will shift. Uh, Raphael Stone believes in the same things that Daryl did. Mm. But even if Daryl was back, I think there would have been changes to the roster that would have led to some changes from the latest incarnation of of Maury Ball. I can't think about it. The the whole offensive system, and BJ can talk about this better than I can, but their offensive system is very different from at the end of Mike D'Antoni's four years than it was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so there is not one Mori ball. The basic part of it, though, that the best shots to take are threes, layups, and free throws, that will remain. How they seek to get them will depend, as you said, on the coach, but also on the roster they're able to put together for them. And right now, they don't have a center they're going to play. Mm. And I would think whether Mori returned or now that he has not, there would have been a center on the team. <laughs> I think they weren't able to get it done right then. I mean, they would still want spacing. And with Russell Westbrook on the floor, you don't want two non-three-point shooters. But if they could have found a center who can bring spacing, they would have. And I think that's the same going forward. If they can, they will. And I think they'll try to have a, a rim runner center somewhere in their pocket. They might not play him for 36 minutes, but I think they'll want to have the option if they can get that done. Mm. But none of us know if they can pull it off to get that in this offseason. And we don't know how great a priority that will be for the new coach until we know who that will be. Mm. You know, know, John, in building a team is, you know, I think you and I have been around. we, We know the difficulties of doing that. But my question to you is, when you look at this Houston Rockets team, you know, we look at all of the things that you acquire, whether it's draft picks, player contracts that you can move, player contracts possibly that you can't move. Is there any inklings that you've gathered thus far with possibly just blowing up this entire situation and doing a total rebuild? 
or is this one where everyone's gonna hunker in, figure it out, and just kind of, you know, you know, see what this team can actually achieve here, even though they haven't achieved their ultimate goal, which is winning the championship, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, the the blow it up and start over thing is not for this off season. Uh, and the reason I felt fairly certain about that is they're certainly keeping James Harden informed and getting his input on coaching discussions and considerations. You, you wouldn't involve him if you're planning to send him off somewhere mm -hmm. uh, to the degree that they are. So, no, I don't see it for this year. Uh, he's got two or three years left on his contract, depending on his player option, you know, whether he exercises that option or not. But we do know in this league, when a guy is a superstar is heading into the final year of his contract, all the talk starts. Should they move him now before you lose him for nothing? Mm -hmm. That's not this offseason. That would be at the earliest next offseason. So I think we'll have to see a lot of how it goes. Are they truly a contender again next season? Can they get back to that? And then that's a conversation they have to have with themselves. But I don't believe they're having it now. Mm. And is there anyone in particular that you think you said James Harden is obviously involved in, in discussions? Is there anyone just from the past that may have filtered through Houston or, you know, that's on the market right now that, that most people say, oh, that's who someone would want to pair with James Harden or, or maybe would be a better fit for him in Houston? You're or talking a coach, about coach or player? Or a coach, a coach. Um, I know, you know John Lucas is one of those guys that I've heard that, that's out there as a name. Right. Well, yeah, I mean. James thinks the world of John Lucas, which, you know, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> right. you know, and obviously working very closely with him for four years, he feels that way. And I know Russ feels that way. And, mm -hmm. you know, the whole team does. It's just, he's John Lucas. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's one of the icons of the league and a tremendous contributor for his work that he's done with both just developing players, uh, young players, professional players, wannabe professional players, and then people who have either substance abuse or other issues. He's worked with so many people. Uh, nobody develops relationships like Luke. And so there's that. Uh, I don't know that James has any kind of history, even though in their own way, they're both Houstonians uh, with Jeff and Gundy. I think that's part of the conversations. Uh, Steven Silas has a tremendous history for working right. star players, uh, you know, getting along with and motivating and building relationships with stars from Steph Curry to Kemba Walker, Luka Doncic. Uh, he's really good at that. But in terms of, you know, and, and those are guys I that right now look more like finalists. Mm -hmm. So there might be some others with some history. Kenny Atkinson was with, team uh david vanderpool was uh in player development with the thunder when russ and james were starting their careers mm -hmm. but of the finalists that's about the most you have in terms of a built-in relationship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it is uh, I mean, as far as Houston and, and, and just the, the situation moving forward as a franchise, it seems like for now there is stability. I know a lot of the conversations going in the offseason, like you said, that, that will be more of next offseason. We talk about James Harden or Russell Westbrook or what that may look like. But for now, it will be, you know, more of the same. And, and just talking about Daryl Morey um, and what that may look like, the analytics revolution and sort of the the fallout ripple effect. Do you expect to see Daryl Morey somewhere else or, 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 you know, is he going to take a break? I mean, what what is the expectation for Daryl at this point? Well, we could say both. And I, I think he'll take a break. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, a gap here. I think he will do that. Sabbatical, yeah. But uh, you know, that's what he wants to do, and I, I, and he has a lot of other interests. Maybe he gets involved in something else and then stays with it. Mm. But if I had to bet on something, I would say eventually somebody really goes after him to be a GM, and he he's back. Mm. Uh, I don't think it'll be soon. Plus, I don't think there are any GM openings out there right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I don't think his career in the NBA is over. Mm. Nice. Well, there you have it, uh, Jonathan Fagan. We appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some insights into the Houston Rockets, and of course, speaking to the BJ Johnson situation. We obviously are thoughts and prayers to his family, um, and we appreciate uh, again you coming on the show and, and letting us know about what's going on in Houston. Thanks again. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tate. Enjoy it, PJ. Thank you, Jonathan.